a great pleasure to have us join on the programme, one of the greatest All Blacks, one of the great, uh, I was going to say bluesmen, certainly one of the great Aucklanders, and Sir John Kerr and JK, welcome. Hello, yeah, very well, thank you. I've got a very good-looking man. He rated himself as a halfback, Steve Devine, alongside of me. Yeah, like, mate, he's a good-looking man, but you know, you know what halfbacks are like—just a pain in the butt, mate. Has he been yapping all morning, ordering you around, telling you what to do? That's a bit harsh, Sir John. Not in, uh, not in my day when me and you teamed up in the Blues. We, I wasn't that yappy, was I? Yeah, mate, you were yappy. <laughs> but it was part of your job spec, to be fair. Yeah. I was encouraged. You encouraged me, actually. So, exactly, ma- mate. The ma- number nine is so important. You know, jokes aside, the number nine is so important for, to be the eyes and ears of, especially the front eight and that connection with the backs. You know, people probably don't realise that, um, you know, between the between the big men and the, and the fast men, you've got to have someone who connects them. Yeah, with such emphasis these days placed on ruck speed and that ability for that second and third phase and quick ball, they've got to be fit the halfbacks these days, don't they? I mean, they're pretty much on their toes the whole time. Yeah, we've got a few in form and a few coming, I reckon, as well. I mean, Stevie would be a better judge than me, but I like what I see around, you know, obviously Aaron Smith is the old general, but, you know, Finn Christie's playing well. Um, you know, we've got some young guys coming through, Ratana and those boys, so I think we're pretty in pretty good stocks at halfback. Mate, what about? I think the big JK. I, the thing, the thing this year for me, I think it's going to be the centre, uh, twelve, thirteen position, uh, particularly when we get down to the All Blacks. So I, th- I think that's the, the one massive combination that we're not quite sure on yet. W- where do you think that one's going? Well, it just seems to be, we've just got lots and lots of injuries in that space, and every week another one goes down. So, I, I I'm an old school guy that thinks that you need combinations in the midfield. You know, you think when you go back, you know, Horan Little, um, you know, Nonu Smith. Bunce Little. Going back, you know, you got, eh? Bunce Little. Yeah, Bunce Little. So I think it's one of those positions, a bit like loose board, where you get a good combination, someone who works hard, you know, someone who's a bit looser, someone who's really good at, at, at exploding and carrying the ball. And I like that at centre. It's just one of those really complicated positions where you've got to have good attack, you've got to have a kicking game. You know, you've got to be able to be a little bit of a general to help your first five out under pressure. But you've also got to be a hell of a defender. So the more trust you have in the guy outside you, especially defensively, the better off you are. And unfortunately with us, we just haven't had any... Um, you know, any opportunity to put combos together, you know, with Anton Leonard-Brown being out, you know, Goodhue's probably been out for a good part of two years. Haavili, you know, has had his sort of not serious injuries, but knocks that have kept him out. So I, I, I don't disagree. And I think that brings us back to the discussion of, you know, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck going back to rugby league. But is he, you know, is, is that going to hinder his, his chances of being an all-black and, and, you know, people have been asking me that over the last couple of days, and I say no. Yeah, but, I but, say no but, if he's, uh, but, you know. But, JK, is he, in all seriousness, is he actually good enough to be a second five at all black level at the highest level? That, that's my question. I mean, there's a great yeah. romance around him. There's a big brand around him. But is he actually good enough? I mean, you know, I'd take Jack Goodyear over him any day if Jack Goodyear's fit. I would take um, Anton Leonard-Brown at second five-eight. Um, I mean, clearly Geordie Barrett's another one in the mix. Uh, Harvili's played pretty well there at, sec- at second five-eight. Yeah, and look, I don't disagree with you, but what if they're not there? You know, I know they're I know they're better at the moment, but if they're not out there, then he becomes he comes charging into contention. 
I think if I was him and he, and, he, and he got back playing in the next week or so, I'd be sharing up my time and on the wing and um, at 12. I don't say he goes as our number one, but I certainly think he's in contention as someone who can come on, do a job um, if you're two or three injuries down. So, you know, is he as competent as Havili? No. Is he as good as Goodyear? Well, Goodyear hasn't played, so we'll have to wait and see about that one. But if he can play on the wing and cover centre, then maybe he's your 33rd or 34th man. You know, great professional, not going to cause any issues if he's not playing. So he's a pretty safe bet heading towards the World Cup if, if we've got injuries. Yeah, he just doesn't have that string to his bow at the moment. He is a 12 and a specialist 12, and it's pretty hard to take a specialist 12 when there's two other people ahead of him possibly. So, yeah, for me, he needs... And that's the biggest regret for me with his rugby career is that he hasn't been given the opportunity because of COVID and, and, and injury to to be able to play on the wing or play at fullback and to, just to see how he goes because, you know, it, it was such an amazing rugby league 15 that why shouldn't he be given the opportunity in a similar position being on the wing or being at fullback? Yeah, at some stage... At some stage, you've just got to make those calls in your professional career, especially when you're getting a bit older. Um, you know, when you think about his consistency of being able to play, um, it just hasn't happened. Arrived, you know, COVID, uh, came back, got injured, came back, injured his shoulder again, you know, out for six weeks. Started to show some form at the beginning of the season, you know. I think that he was, he was going the best that he was going and then, you know, broke his cheekbone. So at, at some stage, you've got to go, well... You know, and it, it, is it that 12 position, lads? I mean, is it that 12 position where we're just going to have to have a bit more bulk there? Because when you think about all the running and all the players that are running down that channel, you know, they're mainly big forwards with a big, you know, with a big stink on as far as pace is concerned and size. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of our injuries have sort of shoulders and, and these guys are getting dinged up in the midfield. So it's going to be a really I reckon that's that's the most interesting um, selection moving forward yeah, Jake I want to ask you this about centre um, in regards to Rico Iwani I still think he's the best winger in the world um, you know people are convinced that he is a centre but we, look we have lost a lot of all black tests in the last two years not necessarily down to any one particular player probably the group collectively for whatever reason but is he your starting centre? I mean, you've played outside of um, the likes of the Joe Stanleys, uh, the Frank Bunces, those types of players. Would you be comfortable playing outside of him? Is he the complete player? Yeah, I'd be really comfortable playing outside him. What I would probably do is try and help him a wee bit with changing up angles outside him. So I think if you can get Rico one-on-one, um, you know, with his opposition, he's just got out-and-out pace. You know, I think he's still learning the intricacies of of that uh, of that position at the next level, but I would just leave him there. What I'd do is start running a few more people around him. You know, I'd be starting to, to have some um, some attack plays around him where he's got a player on the inside, maybe someone like Talia, you know, and he's got possibly the fullback coming outside Caleb and Caleb's coming back on a tight angle and I'd just give him a few more opportunities to show that pace and, and show what he... You know what he can do. I think I think the intricacies of you know passing under pressure at full pace and those things that you don't have to worry about on the wing are all learnt. You know you've got to learn that stuff on the job. And um, you know I think he's even this season he's m- maybe not made the right choice, but I think that's all part of his learning. I think when you've got someone like him, pace at the next level is absolutely fundamental. 
And so if you've got him at centre, you know, you've got people like Talia, um, Caleb outside him, two different type of wingers, but it becomes a really, really big threat. So for me, I'd like also like to see, you know, the Blues last night, I know they sort of had a bit of pattern to go down the left side, um, a bit of wide, wide stuff to, to spread some of these guys to give the boys a little bit more space. But, you know, that was a bit of a long-winded answer. But, yeah, I'd, I'd leave him at centre. I think he's going to be the world's best centre for the next four years. JK, let me ask you this. So you like Rico because of his pace. Um, when This is what frustrates me with the Blues uh, setup at the moment. When was the last time you seen him at full noise with a ball in the hand before contact? Yeah, I think I was, I was thinking about that last night. The timing was out a little bit early, wasn't it, Stevie? You know, like um, I think it was a bit of a timing issue. And I think, you know, when I look at the Blues, um, I, I still think their best is ahead of them. There's a little bit of timing, you know. There's a little bit of um, that combination stuff, and, and that's what I was talking about before. You know, I it's really really hard to keep guys on the field. You know how who who is who is um, Rico played with on his inside. And getting that timing at the next level is, is often difficult. So I think they'll really start to hit their straps now. I think the first half um, before the bye, um, you know, against, against the, was it the force? You know, their timing was out. They came right in the second half. Last night, really good second half. And I just think they need to put 80 minutes together. And that means getting your timing right off your 10, off your 12, so that you can actually hit the ball at pace. But I think that'll come. Yeah, I, I just my, my whole thing with the Blues, I think this year they've just been as a generally as a backline, they've just been too flat the whole time because you know they've just there's such extreme pace there, and we just, I just haven't seen them. I've been watching every game that they they're just not hitting the ball at full pace pre-contact, which is making it easy for the defence to tackle them. And often they're just running straight flat bank into brick walls, and it's just it's not doing us. We're a better backline than just running a twelve up into into a brick wall. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're also trying to do some stuff. A lot of the, a lot of the teams are trying to um, are trying to you know change it up, get a bit flat, get over the advantage line a bit quicker. So I think they're trying some stuff as well. But you're right; it'd be nice to see that combination. Sometimes you've got to get over the you've got to get over that advantage line as quick as you can to get a roll on because the defensive lines are coming so quick. And I don't know if you've noticed, um, especially with the Blues, they're rushing. Um, the, the opposition is just really rushing and it's sort of a South African ploy, you know. Um, and you've got to be able to adjust to that. I think if you watched the Crusaders game the other night, um, you know, the, the opposition was just rushing, you know, not worrying about tackle quality, just trying to put the ball carriers and the, and the playmakers under as much pressure as they can. It probably took the Crusaders 40 minutes to adjust and then they came out in the second half and adjust to it. And I think you'll see that in the Blues with the amount that Bowden's kicking early. You know, you kick early across the field or in behind them to try and slow that um, defensive line up. And so the other option is to, to try and to try and get flat and get over the bonus line quickly. But I think it's it's that combination that you've spoken about, Stevie, about getting getting it right. That's why I sort of like the wide wide as well. You know, wide wide, yeah. get wide, keep them going the same way, and then come back wide and give those boys a bit of space. Yeah, because that rush defence, right? That's where that's where the space is. If they rush up and in, the space is always going to be on the outside wide. So, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the wide wide. Let me ask you this, J.K. The All Blacks have five games this year before they play France in the Rugby World Cup in 138 days. Who's your centre combination? All things, all players fit, or everyone 100 percent ready to go? Who's your centre combination? 
Uh, Anton Leonard Brown and Rico. And, uh, and I think Harvilli, Anton Leonard Brown and Harvilli would be selected on their short kicking game under pressure. So whoever's the best at that. So no Geordie Barrett at 12. Yeah, I think Geordie will be a really big part of it. It just depends on what they what they want to do with him. So it's it's out of those three. And I think when you think about that fast, when you think about that fast um, defensive line, I think what Geordie showed us last year was his ability to be that combination of someone who can kick and someone who can get over the advantage line. He certainly starts as favourite. Um, and then, you know, Havili, Anton, Leonard, Brown. So I just hope they're all fit and well, you know. So if you're thinking about who's fit and well, right now if I was picking all black side, it would be Geordie and Rico. Okay, uh, JK, we just want to, um, again, part of the discussion for after one o'clock, can you get your thoughts on this? Highlanders, another really poor performance away, another loss for them. Not a bad side on paper when you do run through it, the likes of Lowe and Umanga Jensen. You've got Frizzell, Harmon, I mean, Pity Pity Parkinson, the whole lot. Can we start now asking some questions perhaps about the coaching, that perhaps Clark Dermody is perhaps not the right guy for this Highlanders team? I mean, you can't sack a squad, you can't sack 23 players, but clearly something is not working here. Yeah, look, um, I've, I've been blamed before as a coach. Um, and I think the whole thing is it's probably a combination of things. Everyone has to look in the mirror and take responsibility. Um, but I think I think what they're missing is just a really, really hard, hard-working um, front five, to be fair. I think they need to work a whole lot harder. Um, for me, it's it's all about that. The, the Highlanders of the past, They've never had big names, but they've always had guys that have just absolutely outworked their opposition. Um, the game I saw last night, I saw a tired uh, football team, and sometimes the efforts probably weren't what they'd want. So, you know, for me, it's uh, I think they've got a backline, but you can't launch a backline unless you're, you know, dominating up front. So for me, it's a it's a work a work effort thing. I mean, will they still make the the top eight? They could do. Oh, I think they'll definitely still make the top eight. I, I, I just I felt last night they just lost a little bit of direction. They lost a little bit of composure at big moments, and not having an Aaron Smith uh, there, I think really really hurt them. You know, they they didn't have those Fords didn't have someone demanding of them to do the job they needed to do when they needed to do it, and that's what they've had for such a long time with Aaron Smith there. Like the Fords really get that kick in the backside when it's needed, and. It just wasn't quite that there last night. I mean, they got themselves... They, they lost the game at halftime and they were down and out and they got themselves back into reach and and then just started throwing it, throwing it away again, which was which was the disappointing thing for me. Yeah, I mean, and we started at the top, didn't we? A yappy little, a yappy little halfback like you, Stevie, you know? Um, I just had my- giving them direction and just telling them what to do, you know what I mean? So... So Aaron Smith is the world's best at that. I mean, sometimes when you're watching it on television, you can hear him yelling at people, you know, and they've lost two of their guys. And look, it was really interesting talking to the Waratahs coach last night, right? Um, and he left eight guys at home on purpose because he wants to make a run for the playoffs. I don't necessarily agree with that yeah. as far as the competition's concerned because it degrades the competition. But if you think about the Highlanders, they've left some of their guys at home um, and they can still get a good run in and make the playoffs. But they will have to start playing 
consistently better. I mean, if your goal is to make the playoffs, then you're probably going to make the playoffs and that's it, you know. But to win this thing, you've actually got to start working pretty hard. And the thing I liked about the Blues is that actually their forward pack is actually, you know, I went down the sideline a couple of times last night and they're pretty physical, right? And that's what the Highlanders have always been. They've always been physical, but I don't see that like I have in the last few years. Uh, JK, got about 90 seconds. Just just a final one. Um, just Moana Pacifica struggling, haven't won a game yet. Um, and uh, is there need to go back to a draft system for Super Rugby where the franchises pick their 30 players and then everybody goes into a pool that then everybody can pick from? There's no feeder system for Moana Pacifica. They seem to just be a team that are made up of the dregs, the leftovers. That's not good for this competition going forward. We don't every week want to be coming going, oh, OK, well, we know that Moana Pacifica are going to get beaten. That's another four points plus the bonus point. Oh, I disagree with that a wee bit. I don't think that Moana Pacifica is the dregs. I think the Pacifica players are probably the most numerous worldwide. What we need to be able to do is create an equal opportunity for them financially so that Moana Pacifica is an option. Um, you know, if I said to you Luatua, if I said to you Piatal, you know, if I said to you George Moala, um, they're all playing overseas, those guys, you know. So the opportunity to get them home is really important. I, I think Moana Pacifica must be here to stay. They must be here to stay. Um, the draft system, I think, is really, really good for us in New Zealand, and I think we'll have to bring that back. You know, it's no use seeing the Highlanders struggling a wee bit if we've got guys sitting on the bench around the country that could be good enough. So I think that's important. But I think it's very, very different for Moana Pacifica. You know, I think they, I think we have to think about how we can, how we can encourage um, the competitions back in Samoa and Tonga to be better. Um, you know, one of the questions I'm asking myself is, do we think a more should be available for the All Blacks or should you play for Moana Pacific and then be available for Fiji, Tonga or Samoa? So um, I don't think they should be part of our draft system unless the guys declare themselves available for um, for those nations. So for me, it's a little bit more complicated, but a draft system in New Zealand, I think you'd have to have a look at if our franchises are becoming too weak and not competitive. It's a bit like the Australian situation, right? If you don't have enough players and you spread that talent right across too many franchises, then you're actually um, not achieving anything. Hey, hey, JK, look, appreciate you on the programme this afternoon. Some wonderful insight. Thank you.